After years on the road, Timmy parked the van and picked up the mic to bring you this podcast that features interviews with people from hardcore to hair metal. This is Talk To Me with your host, Joshua Toomey. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Talk To Me on Lost Anarchy Radio. This is episode 69, and get your mind out of the gutters because this is going to be an epic episode. This is uh, Dan Maines of Clutch, Neil Fallon of Clutch, Parr and Hannes from Sabaton, Benji and Dan of Skindred, Paolo from Trivium, Ryan from the Amity Affliction, and even Mark Tremonti of Alter Bridge. And Tremonti fame makes an appearance on this episode. A lot of interviews to get through. I did a ton of interviews at Louder Than Life over the weekend. I've already released a couple of them as little Louder Than Life minis. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, you might need to go back and check those out. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast, you need to right now. Take that time, hit that subscribe button, and let those interviews come directly to your device each and every time that I post them because you need to check out those. I had uh, Tom Maxwell of Hell Yeah!, talking some nothing face with him and then also i uh, did a jake from crowbot those two guys were great i put those out as louder than life minis and make sure you guys go back and check those out so let's get to some business and then we'll get to our show After these messages, we'll be right back. hey you guys know my friends over at puck hockey when i announced that i was going to go to louder than life i reached out to puck hockey i was like hey i need some new clothes i need some new shirts so i go to louder than life and style and they sent me some great new puck hockey designs and uh, if you check out my instagram check out my facebook check out my twitter you will see some of those great shirts my nice uh, lost anarchy king shirt but make sure to head over to puckhockey.com p-u-c-k-h-c-k-y when you check out use the promo code talk so they know that i sent you over there and get some great great items over there so many cool items so uh yeah once again just go over to puckhockey.com shop till you drop use the promo code talk when you check out for 10 percent off your entire order also got to give a huge shout out to Travis Howell, my former drummer in 12 Volt Negative Earth way, way back in the day. He stepped up, went above and beyond, and gave me a great donation towards the podcast, towards uh, getting some nice mobile gear. I did all this stuff on uh, all, all of these interviews on my handheld uh, Zoom H1, but I've got some interviews coming up that I want to sit down and bust out the microphones and the uh, the preamp, all that fun stuff. So got to give a huge shout out to Travis Howell. Thank you so much, and it means so much to me that you believe in the podcast like you do. Also, everyone that has bought a decal from me or bought some music memorabilia from me, all that money is going towards microphones and stuff like that and production for the podcast. i got a lot of great stuff coming up. Uh, if you're a member of my Patreon page, I posted the other day that uh, I've got an uh, interview with Chris Beatty from Hatebreed coming up, interview with Des Farfara of uh, Devil Driver Cold Chamber fame, and then also uh, this weekend I'm going to be doing a uh, nice Skype interview with uh, Biff Byford of uh, Saxon, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So just thank you to everyone out there who has contributed to the show through Patreon.com or through my PayPal link, and I'll give you those right now. It's uh, Patreon.com slash talk to me. Or if you'd like to just donate a few bucks to the podcast, it's paypal.me slash talk to me. So once again, all of that stuff is much appreciated. Hey everybody, this is David Ellison from Megadeth, and you're listening to the Talk To Me Podcast.
All right, now let's get into our show. And like I said, Dan and Neil from Clutch, Sabaton, Skindred, Paolo from Trivium, Ryan from the Amity Affliction, and even my wonderful question with Mark Tremonti of Alter Bridge. So lots of music and lots of talk on this one. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's sit back, relax, and enjoy some talk to me. This is Schwa from Our Dying Day. It's time to turn the world off and crank the volume to 11. You're listening to Talk To Me on Los Anarchy Radio.
Hey, this is Jim Brewer. And thanks for listening to the Talk to Me podcast. Not you, talk to me. <laughs> All right, we've got Neil Fallon of Clutch here on Talk To Me. It's a pleasure and honor to speak with you today, man. Oh, thank you for having me. So I've been a fan. I was talking to Dan a few minutes ago. I've been a fan of the band since I think Passive Restraints came out. Uh, I came across a bunch of signed cassettes the other day. Huh. Uh, I have all, <laughs> I have all of the uh, original cassettes autographed by you from when I was a kid. But so, what's kind of kept the band together for you know 25 years as like the core four guys? You know, it's not just you and a bunch of hired hands or or whatnot. Well, that uh, that wouldn't be fun. Uh, <laughs> that kind of sucked the air right out of it. Um, I think just a collective love of the music yeah. you know we like jamming we like playing live and um, hopefully this is one of those bands where the sum is greater than the parts and if you were to change any of the parts of that machine it wouldn't operate correctly yeah. and um, that and a, yeah, I guess a collective fear of day jobs <laughs> well you guys have really haven't had to have a day job in at least 20 years we, we, you have, know? Night, we have night jobs <laughs> very late night jobs so you know, but Clutch being around for 25 years, you kind of always stayed in your same lane. You guys never really truly, you know, veered off. You know, you survived new metal. You survived metalcore. You survived all of these different genre changes and emo and all this other nonsense. And, you know, Clutch is Clutch. So, you know, what kind of kind of kept you guys from maybe veering off a little bit? Well, um, I think we even if we wanted to do something like that, we wouldn't know how to. <laughs> um, I think one of the things that major labels always had a problem with us was like well what's a label that what, what are we going to put in the description and they right. had or oh, never could right and at the time that presented a lot of problems for them but in the long run for us it was a good thing yeah because we've managed to hammer out our own little niche here yeah and um it's it's honesty i mean i think when you try to follow whatever the flavor of the month is then you're not really even being a musician right. you're just being a marketer or I don't I don't know how you would explain that uh, you got to do what you love and we love doing it the way we do it so it's kind of I, I like to go back obviously you know I'm a, I'm a very nostalgic person so I mean I remember getting you know the self-titled hmm. you know, space album whatever you want to call it and you know you go in and, and you know you go from transnational which is like super rocket and then you get into the space album and I remember throwing that cassette in the in the car when I bought it and you're kind of like not really getting it right away but it was one of those albums that over time, you know, becomes your favorite. And, you know, were you guys kind of like uh, looking to do something different on the, on the, on the space album or were you guys kind of, you know, just, uh, just being yourselves? What were you doing there? Well, transnational was done in two sessions. There was the first one where you got all the slow songs. Yeah. And then we did the second one where we were doing Marcus and El Jefe. And those, those kind of songs were the transition into what became self-titled. And, I think, speaking for myself, I was still trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I realized early on that kind of emotion, emotionally driven and anger driven lyrics were a dead end for me. Yeah. Because um, I'm not that dude, <laughs> and I'm not. I wouldn't have been able to faked that for the past 25 years. It was much easier to tell a story. Yeah. And it's easier to tell a story in with those kind of riffs. And you know, I. You will play songs, like our new material, for example, and you'll see the guy in the audience who's our age, you know, screaming old school shit. Right. Well, thing is, I remember the first time we played Spacecrass, and 
a bunch of hardcore kids rolled their eyes, crossed their arms, gave us the finger and yeah. said, fuck you. Right. Now, they're begging for it. Right. So, um, it just goes to show you, you can't use somebody's reaction as your, as your compass right. where you want to go creatively. Otherwise, you're not being an artist. You gotta, you gotta do what you want to do. So, you know, you guys have the own your own label now. But you know, let's head back for one more thing. You know, the first passive restraints was on earache. You know, what what brought you guys to earache? You know, because at the time, I mean, they were so like they were like extreme metal and, and death metal, and you know, how did Clutch fit into that? Um, it, it it came about by uh, a fanzine. Um, giving it to a copy of our 7-inch, our first one, to Reed Mullen from COC. Oh, nice. And he was buddies with the guy that ran Earache America, and he listened to it, and he got in contact with us. And shortly thereafter, you know, major labels started coming sniffing around because they were sniffing around at everything. Yeah. That was when Nirvana and Pantera kicked down a lot of doors and these major labels wanted to sign any band that remotely resembled those two bands and yeah. we were one of them yeah you were kind of you know almost could have been in the middle <laughs> yeah, yeah I think too. in a lot of ways we were yeah that, and um, uh, before that Eric thing even came out we were talking to Akko East West yeah. and um, so that's how that happened and then for the next you know eight years we did the major label thing right and got dropped repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. Seems like every time you turn around you guys run a new label. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But that's, it actually in hindsight turned out to be good. They gave us tour support. We went on tour, built up a name for ourselves yeah. and now we have our own record label. So how's the label, you know, you know having, a, having your own label, how is that, you know, for you guys? It's good as long as we're honest about it. Yeah. We're not, we don't have any misconceptions about trying to be a label that signs a bunch of bands and becomes like yeah. a, a, a Big, yeah, big business. <laughs> uh, Weathermaker is designed to get the right amount of clutch records to the right amount of people, and hopefully every time just a little bit more. Yeah. Um, nowadays, with the, the way the internet affords communication, you can cut out countless middlemen. Yeah. Countless. Oh yeah. And why would you give them a cut of your hard work? Yeah. You could sell these albums cheaper to your fans because of it. Yeah. Do you guys? Are you guys on a business model to where, you know, uh, say the new Clutch album comes out and you're like, we hope we sell X amount of records or, or you know, where, where is that number coming from, you know, to get the right amount to the to the right amount of stores? It's difficult. Well, we know we'll look at what we sold last time yeah. and assume it will at least be that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, every year physical sales go down and just in this year alone. You know, and this is the—I mean, this is the part of, we're all still trying to learn the yeah. business side of it. I don't like it, but we have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, s s from January to right now, physical sales are down 13 percent, uh, and that's going to continue, and that's going to continue, and can continue until one day it's going to be almost zero. Yeah. Um, so we take that into account, but you know, we sold eight percent more than we did last year. So right. it's. It's moving in a positive direction, and but at the same time, we're not we're not thinking, oh, the next one's going to be the platinum one. Right. <laughs> so, do you guys go into it, and, and you know, with things like you know, vinyl being a big thing, or even like you know, cassettes are even kind of making a weird comeback. I mean, are you guys looking in that more of like you know, a collector's item uh, niche thing to where you know, might sell over a CD? 
Well, you know, to be just this is me speaking just for myself. You know, cassettes are a novelty. Right. They're a pain in the ass and they sound like <laughs> shit. Um, I remember those days very well. Yeah. Um, and vinyl, um, I think it's got one aspect of a trend that you know it's cool to call yourself a vinyl junkie. Right. I don't know if they'll be calling themselves that ten years from now, <laughs> but there'll always be a market for it. Yeah. Because um, people do like it. Um, but it's not going to be like CDs were in 1996. Yeah. You know, it's not even close. So um, I think physical albums be probably become more boutique and more expensive with big packages yeah. and a lot of bells and whistles thrown on it to make up for the fact that everyone gets this for free on YouTube. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, even with like the iPhone 7 not having a headphone jack, I mean, we're moving towards like a Bluetooth mp3 itunes kind of world is that what you're seeing you know having a being on the label side of it well you know we <clears throat> sell you know digital versions of our uh record and you know eventually it goes on spotify i kind of look at spotify as and th streaming services like that as the bargain bin mm -hmm. of the modern age like we used to go into the record store and there was a giant bucket filled with 99 cents cassettes because <laughs> right? they're they were five years old that's what spotify is to me right. um and it's i'm sure a lot of people have discovered clutch through that and yeah. it has its merits but at the same time you can't expect artists to keep doing this if they can't put feed their family right. um you know we're not trying to put the down payment on a ferrari <laughs> we just we just want to pay you know our mortgage you and just want I, your fair share our of, rent of, you know yeah and it, I don't think that's a unreasonable thing to ask for yeah the fair share side of it's always crazy you know it's, yeah good. all right we almost ready for that okay all right let's wrap it up but you know Neil thanks for taking the time we hey, did sure. all we did all the plugs and stuff with Dan so we don't have okay. to do that you are listening to talk to me on Los Anarchy Radio.
everybody. This is James Morris from LA's own Downset and Noncon. You are definitely getting it from the horse's mouth listening to Talk To Me on Los Anarchy Radio. <laughs> All right, guys, we got Dan Maines of Clutch on Talk To Me. It's a pleasure and honor to have you on the show, man. Obviously, been a huge fan for a very long time. Well, thank you. Thanks, Glad man. to be here. Yeah, very cool. Uh, so, you know, you got the new album out, Psychic Warfare, came out in 20, 2015. Uh, you know, you guys are out doing a lot of uh, shows, touring, touring cycle. How's it been so far? It's been great. Uh, you know, the album, I think, has been, uh, you know, really well-received from our fans and... Uh, you know, hopefully, I like to think that it's brought us some new fans as well. You know, we've just been touring uh, pretty much nonstop uh, since we uh, released it. Um, this is the beginning of a new uh, U.S. run for us, and it's kind of you know we're, we're getting towards the end of the whole uh, you know what you would call a touring cycle for Psychic Warfare. With you guys having your own label, do you kind of like? maybe do a little bit smaller of an album cycle i mean a lot of bands do like a three-year cycle i feel like you guys are putting something out soon you know it's like seems like you know you're maybe constantly putting stuff out or is that what you, is that a business model i guess um wouldn't call it a business model so much as just uh, uh <clears throat> you know trying to keep it uh fresh for ourselves we try to put out a new record at least every two years you know i mean when you wait three years to put out a record it's 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 kind of a long wait and uh we're we're you know we're just constantly touring and it's after touring on an album for two years it's about time to really take a break oh yeah go home start writing new stuff well we've kind of moved into a society where it's like you know you guys put out a new album and then people are immediately like, well, when's the next album? You know, rather than, uh, you know, maybe when, you know, Transnational Speedway League came out, you let that one marinate for a little while, and then you guys put out the self-title out. Things yeah. like that, you know, you get a little bit more time to let everything settle, but now it's, you know, single, 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 you know, when's the True next that. thing? Yeah. So. Um, I don't know, maybe Down was uh, onto something when they were going to release, uh, you know, only EPs right. at a faster rate. I mean, that's... That makes a lot of sense for a band because you don't have the pressure of trying to come up with an hour uh, or you know 90 minutes of music every time you want to go into a studio. When it comes to clutch writing, do you guys just, I mean, I, I hate to use the word jam, but I mean, do you guys just kind of get in a room and, and lock down or you know, you guys are constantly just riffs in your head? What's going on there? It's kind of a combination of both. I mean, Everybody on their own always has a collection of ideas that they're kind of piling up. And uh, we try not to hash it out too much individually. Uh, it's much, it works out uh, much better for us to go into a room together as a group and, uh, you know, put these ideas together and not really have, uh, like... Speaking for myself, it's a lot easier for me to just go to the band with a couple of ideas and, you know, put a song together as a group than it is for me to try to come up with one song on my own because 
it kind of defeats the purpose right. of being in a band. Well, that too, you know, plus you guys have so many, you know, different elements, you know, JP's drumming, Tim's guitar, exactly. you know, whatever Neil's going to yeah. do over the top I of mean, it. I can sit at home and play to a drum machine <laughs> yeah. all day long, but as soon as I get in a room with John Paul, it changes immediately. Yeah, you're never going to duplicate John Paul on a drum machine. I actually had a story when I did my Louder Than Life preview episode. I went and saw you guys in th- at 328 Performance Hall in Nashville freaking probably 20 years ago and, and JP set up a drum kit in one of the dressing rooms and just jammed by himself for like a good solid hour and I just sat in the club and you could just hear it you know resonating <laughs> through the club and it was he never missed a beat he never fucked up he just was just constant like just shredding on drums and it was like one of the you know most mind-blowing things I'd ever heard practice makes perfect well yeah it, you know and it was a you know a thing too you know and then you know probably late 90s early 2000s most likely late 90s but you know and i, and I was kind of getting my foot into music and and it just really showed that you know continuing to practice and, and and you know it takes a lot to set up a drum kit it's not like it's not just sure. throwing on a bass or an acoustic guitar you yep. know it's, it's like so for him to practice for that long you know it was a very cool thing and I'll parlay that into another thing I kind of wanted to get into was as a kid growing up, seeing you guys, I saw you guys open for uh, Prong and Drown, and that was like a 94 or something silly. Yep. Uh, and then like a few years later, you come through with Marilyn Manson. And I just want to, and I, that's the only show that I was not allowed to get into. Even though I was under 18, I still got into under 18 shows, getting snuck in the back door type stuff. Yeah. But the club saw me coming, they're like, not tonight, man. Like, Marilyn Manson, I guess, was having big issues with, uh, you know, kids getting into shows, kids getting hurt, kids... I mean, that was back huh. when he was still cutting himself and things like that, yeah. I would say. I mean, do you remember anything from that, like, era of him? <laughs> and, maybe the, and maybe those tours? Uh, you know, not, not too much. I, I remember thinking, uh, this tour's never going to work. Right. Uh, <laughs> and the funny thing was, it's, it didn't really seem to be working at the time. But that was actually one of the best tours that we've ever done, even to this day, really? as far as opening up for a band and having uh, their audience accept us as uh, you know, new fans to our music. Uh, it was a weird, I don't know whose idea it was. Uh, <laughs> right. It, was, it could have been, it, it could have been, uh, Marilyn Manson's idea uh, at the get-go to ask us, but we went out after that tour, we went out on our own, and the same people that we thought were sleeping during our set were showing up to right. our shows. It was incredible. I remember hearing a bootleg of that tour, and I think Neil was like, like uh, he was like, don't worry, he's coming, like, you know, <laughs> like doing one of those, like, just sarcastic, like... You know, just yeah. uh, as, as it was, I mean, well, it was that was an amazing tour just to see the rise of yeah. that band. Oh yeah, because a, it was a three month tour. Oh and wow! At the beginning, uh, you know, he was just starting to get radio airplay, but not a lot of people were coming out to the shows, and it just steadily grew and grew to the point where you knew that, that they were just going to be so the next big thing. Yeah, it's always cool to sit back and watch a band, you know, start from nothing and seeing them open for for bands. And then, you know, like even a band like Slipknot Tonight, you know, I remember seeing them open for Cold Chamber, you know, and all nine of them, you know, Cold Chamber and Michigan both backlined and all nine of Slipknot on the front of the stage about to fall off. You know, now they're headlining gigantic festivals like this. So it's it's fun to sit, you know, fun to actually watch bands, you know, uh, start from nothing and rise. Uh, So heading back to one other thing, I mean, you know, 
you guys have been together, or you know, '91, uh, I guess, is the kind of the start of the band. And you know, same four guys. I mean, it's been the same four guys this whole time. I mean, what's what's that? You know, the secret to that? Because you know, not a lot of bands can say that. Uh, probably low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, when we first started, uh, you know, we really didn't have very high expectations other than just you know getting on some some hardcore shows and uh, getting into a studio and putting out you know a seven inch mm-hmm. um, I mean even though we didn't really we didn't really kind of consider ourselves a hardcore band but you know those were the shows that were really uh, allowing us to get involved and, and those that was the audience that really kind of accepted us at first those bands you know that kind of hardcore and punk scene it doesn't really go anywhere you know Uh, but um, you know we were really fortunate to uh, I guess kind of develop our own sound very early on and uh, you know we just I mean we continue to do what we really enjoy doing and that's just playing shows and uh, you know writing songs that that we want to listen to and uh, I think it's you know when he's kind of set these expectations on your your shoulders of uh, you know you got to sign to a major label or you have to uh, get on to festivals or things like that those things will come, yeah. you know, if you really, you know, put your heart into the music. And, uh, and I think that's been our, our, was our there, luck. I think, you know, we have talked a little bit about strategy earlier in the, in the thing, but it was, you know, the first, you know, we'll say passive restraints into Transnational Speedway League, into the self-titled, you know, space album, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You know, there's a, a, a great progression there. And was that like just a natural progression to like, you know, uh, we want to play like this. And we want to continue to do stuff, or was it like a? Oh, uh, it's just a natural thing. I mean, we put out that Pitchfork out, uh, EP and the uh, the Past Restraints EP mm-hmm. uh, you know, within the first year of the band's existence, and you know we we're just really still kind of figuring out you know what we were doing and. Uh, when we got into the transnational uh, era, and especially the self-titled record, you know that's just a progression of a band that's just getting more comfortable, uh, you know, playing as a band. Yeah. And uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with just immediately going on the road and playing, you know, 100, 200 shows a year. You learn. Uh, <laughs> A lot, you know, oh, doing yeah. that. Absolutely. I think I saw you guys, like, uh, at one point, I think you were the, my most seen band I'd ever seen. <laughs> and I think you still might be. You're close with Pantera. And for some reason, somehow I saw Pantera, like, 12 times. But, but you know, it's like, uh, with Clutch, would you say that, that with, with Clutch is, you know, uh, one of those just, you know, stay true to who you are and to continue to, to just be who you are? I mean, you know, you guys survived new metal and metalcore and like all this other stuff and you but you can send you know continue to uh even you know, like Marilyn Manson with goth stuff I mean you you would play those shows and people are there and they're like get into you guys even though you guys aren't like the flavor of the week 
yeah. but you know your, your crowd is consistently there I mean you just kind of say that's uh, you know maybe a testament to who you guys are I think so I mean it wasn't always uh, it was certainly not to the delight of record labels that signed us <laughs> right you know and thinking that we were going to recreate what we did two years ago uh, only to deliver them something that was somewhat different and you know they kind of threw their hands up right. in the air and like well what are we supposed to do with this yeah i mean i you do have to stay true to yourself you know because uh Otherwise, if you're just going through the motions, you know that's going to be pretty apparent to you know the people that are watching and listening. And uh, you know, we just honestly just try to to keep ourselves interested in in the music. And uh, you know, our our musical tastes are always changing. And, uh, you know, the less we can pigeonhole ourselves into a certain kind of a genre, the better. Oh yeah, this is uh, it, 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 you know, clutch is clutch. It's it's you know, you almost can't even, you know, you almost don't even classify clutch. You're like clutch is clutch, you know, they, you know, and what you guys continue to do. And so you guys are going out, <laughs> doing a run with Zach Sabbath opening for you guys. Yeah, that, that's pretty sweet, man. It's awesome. That's uh, that's a cool concept. I'm really excited. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Today. Yeah, I mean they do a great job. Yeah, from what I can tell, you know, this is really kind of like first time they've taken it out as a tour right i think you've done some sporadic shows yeah festivals. yeah it's it's awesome yeah. you know he they they stay true to the uh to the songs and uh you know you definitely have that added uh zach wild right. flair i mean it's a killer band too I mean, yeah is blasco and then isn't that uh, like john tempesta on drums or something no or, no it's uh uh, Joey. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's. I'll, I yeah, I was think I was talking to Rob about that last night that uh, they they have gone through some drummers. Yeah. And I think this particular lineup, it's got to be the strongest one. Yeah. Um, when you talk to Rob, you guys reminisce about the Clutch and Drown <laughs> tour. Sure. <Yeah. laughs> Back in the His day. humble beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I, I actually I was really big into Drown, and I mean, obviously the whole lineup that day was it was a fun, uh, fun build. Yeah, you know, you it's guys. funny. It's kind of a reunion of sorts between him and uh, half of our crew because oh. uh, two of our crew guys are people from uh, that Drown. Not, not the drown camp, but they were all friends. Right. Like they were all from the same area, and uh, like our our tour manager Oscar, yeah. he we met him because he was uh, he came out on tour with Drown yeah. with us uh, to uh, help with the drums and whatnot for Drown. So how many Drown questions do you get on the podcast? Not too many. <laughs> not too many actually. That's, you know, it's funny is I'll randomly post about Drown on my Facebook or something, and yeah. it's funny they like you get like a good five people there, right? Like, oh man, I love that yeah. album. Or, you I mean, know, they still have it's a uh, weird, some it's a weird, very diehard fans. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, man, it's been very cool hanging out with you today. And like I said, you know, I, I 
through my teenage and early 20s, you know, I was uh, I was always at a clutch show. You guys were always coming through. I, you know, saw the saw the band all over the place. So, well, uh, one last question. I mean, when you even uh, you know 25 years in, you get on a festival, look at the lineup, and you're like, holy shit, we're playing with you know this X band or whatever. And you, you yeah. still get like that. It's it's awesome. I mean, just a couple of days ago, we did a festival in New Jersey. Where, uh, we played with Blue Oyster Cult oh, and nice. Alice Cooper. Yeah. yeah. And you get random people. Like, I know you're, you're a fan of people, but, I mean, do you get, like, random guys coming up to you that you wouldn't expect to be huge Clutch fans? Sure. <laughs> All the time. Right. And, yeah, it is. Uh, it's pretty amazing. That's pretty cool, man. Well, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time today, and I'll let you get on with your day. But, uh, thanks thank so, you. Thank you. You're listening to Talk To Me on Lost and Arky Radio. Well, you made me weak. And you made me moan When you caused me to leave, child My happy home But someday, baby You ain't worry my life
Lord, I have me a woman, yeah, on every road. But someday, baby, you ain't worry my life anymore. Invocation of the dummies, requiem for a head. Casting up the corner, house of street grade. Yeah, I get
This is Max Cavalera, Soulfly, Return to Roots, and you are listening to Talk to Me. Stay metal. Oi! All right, we're here with Benji and Dan from Skindred. You guys are on the Talk to Me podcast. Excellent. That's a lot of fun. A lot of fun to have you guys over in the states. You know, yeah, what, uh, you guys have been. You know, it seems like you've been in the states for a little while now. You yeah, know, we've been over here three weeks. Yeah, you enjoying your time in the yeah, states. Yeah, we are, mate. We are. We do enjoy America. You know, we know we got a lot of people over here who, who, who hear the rumors of our mighty show, right. and we need to make them see what we do. You know, yeah. and that's what we're here to do. Like, you know. Yeah, it was definitely like you know one of the highlights of the day. Thank so you far. very you much. Know, you guys, Thank uh, you. Throwing out a little Justin Bieber in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking yeah. hell. You never going to get away from people that. dancing. You still saw people singing. You still saw people singing. I heard that start to come on, and I looked to the crowd to see what would happen, and people were into it. Yeah. Exactly. And, they love it, man. Yeah. People love music, mate. Oh. They do. Yeah, you it's know, a, look, it's a universal remember, language, isn't it? you yes. got to remember this. 95% of the people work in, in normal day jobs. Right? Yes. They love metal, but they don't get your metal in work. Right. They you're just in Beaver, they you're just in Timberlake, they, they you know they're out, by osmosis, you, you know, know like they, that they stuff. do it, they dig it. Oh. They don't even know they know the words. Well, I do it because I have a fourteen year old daughter and I was there like, Oh, that's Justin Bieber, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it's, it's just a lot of fun. You guys it's just fun, bro. That's all it is. Absolutely hell of a show and I loved uh, your 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 bluntness with the crowd, you know. Yeah, you I tried to be real. I tried to um you know, I believe it's too many people just go up there and say thank you very much, good night. Yes. You know, I want to make a connection with people. People need. I mean, you, today you've seen a trailer. Yeah. That was a trailer for the movie. Oh. That was you know, so we, when you get when you get to see us, an hour and a half, two hour show. Yeah. That's when you really see yeah, us. If that, 30, if that was, 30 minutes don't mean the shit. The snack sized version of Skindred, you know, I would love to see. Well, you know, a hopefully club show. Yeah. next time there's, we're, there's more that we can there's more we can do with an yeah. hour and a half. Do you know what I mean? Oh I mean, yeah. That's got to be just an exciting like little. <laughs> but there's more peaks and troughs and. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We take you on the journey for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. And the one thing I noticed, I was kind of going back through the, you know, doing a little little skindred research, you know, getting ready for this. And and you guys tour like with a gamut of bands. Like, oh, yeah. there's no like, there's no like a, a genre that no, you guys stick right. in. That's it's right. crazy. And we love that. You I wrote down do. a few of the bands. I mean, Steel Panther. Yeah. Uh, we had a great tour with them guys. Know, Chiodos, one of my favorite bands. Like, yeah. I, I walked into. 
uh, I went to see another band and Chiodos walked on stage and like you know you can't Craig Craig Owens you can't take your eyes off that guy it's, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous yeah. man Soil had you know you guys are out doing some shows with Head yeah, P yeah well Soil and Head P uh, have been friends with us for 15 years yeah those are yeah, great you guys, know, the, man. when we first when we released our first record like yeah. they were some of the first tours we did were with um, Soil and we've been know, friends so. with them guys and yeah. we're friends with them I mean some bands you say hello and you say goodbye do they are actually our friends yeah so. you know right, yeah. Yeah, they care about us and we care about them you know yeah I, I think like when I saw the Head PE like I could definitely see like that would be a fun a fun oh, it's show a great day. Head yeah yeah it's yeah, been yeah. good it's been really good but I mean you know just through the years it's been so many different styles of bands and, and actually seeing you tonight it made me understand why you know yeah. well, we, 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 the word crossover I hate but we do <laughs> we, we, we do crossover in the, and, and we draw a lot of people from different genres yeah. it's like when we played Reading Festival it's like you know, when, I, when I say about doing a newborn helicopter yeah. At metal festivals, all you see is black shirts in yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was Reddit funny. Festival is like a more of a mixed alternative kind of thing. festival. There's alternative, there's dance music, yeah. there's hip hop. You know, there's loads of right. stuff. So yeah, it wasn't just to see a black shirt. That's so right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I was watching that too. You know, you, they, there's only so many things. You know, so many times you can do a wall of death. Yeah, well, or, yeah. Or, well the whole well, this side of that side be louder. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. We, you know, you gotta work it. You know, we, we enjoy the crowd. The crowd yeah. enjoys us. You know, and I always say to people that without without the crowd, we're just five assholes in rehearsal. You know, <laughs> right, right. You know, uh, so just, you know, getting on stage, doing all that stuff. I mean, what kind of got you into wanting to be in a band and wanting to be on stage and wanting to play in front well, of people? Well, you know what a ham is, don't you? Oh yeah. You know what a show off is, don't right. you? Well, that's all I got given when I was a kid. Right. The ham and the show off. Right, right. You know, and then I realized there was a thing called vibrato and I could do it. Yeah. That's it, man. That's all I can do. <laughs> and then what, you know, what got you picking up the bass? You know, I grew up a bass player, so I mean, you know, what made you want to... Uh, I was tall enough to play the double bass in school. Oh, yeah? And then I realized Guns N' Roses didn't use a double bass, they used a bass guitar. Right. So that was kind of it, really, yeah, you know? Uh, so... You know, what are your thoughts maybe on, on Axel and Slash and Duff getting back together? I think it's really cool. It's positive. It's great. I think it's really cool. I mean, it's like I really want to see the show, you know, like it's, uh, I think, I, you know, people criticize Axel for a lot of things, but I, I think his voice and the songs, you know, they're incredible. And the ACDC stuff is great as well. Yeah, yeah, him yeah, doing that, ACDC. Yeah. That, that people were like acting like that was a, <laughs> weird thing, but I exactly thought it was actually pretty, you know, it's kind of a weird one, but at the same time, it's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, it's kind of cool if you're a rock fan. I mean, we yeah, love man. Brian Johnson. Yeah, we love you know? Brian Johnson. Oh yeah, but, everybody loves yeah. Brian Johnson. You know, yeah. Loves, you know, how do you go from from Brian Johnson to Axl Rose? That's a, that's an insane uh, twisted twisted. Well, term. it's yeah. a dream, isn't it? Right. You know, maybe Skindred one day with Axl Rose. If, uh, Who knows, maybe. brother? Stranger <laughs> things have happened to me. <laughs> uh, so let's. Uh, you know, one thing you know, obviously these accents are. Absolutely amazing. Like, you the know, one, the accents. Yeah, we. You know, we're really from Jersey. You know, but <laughs> this is the voice that we use. It's really good because people understand. In America, when we do the British thing, it gets us further. You know, it's funny as I hear. <laughs> I hear you every week on the, on the open of the That's Not Metal podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny. I'm a, I'm still to this day, I don't know what you say, like half no, of me, it. No, me, mate. <laughs> I, I, listen, I've been singing them songs 10 years. I still don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So when you guys get over here, the, the ladies just, you know, yeah, they do. flock to the... Especially you know, in Denny's. As soon, as soon as you open your mouth, you're just like... <laughs> yeah, when we're eating in Denny's, they go, what? Wait, you guys got an accent. <laughs> you guys got an Like Peter you Peter got to bust it out there and just be like sly about it and yeah. just yeah. nod and stuff and when they ask yeah. something, say... Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, what was that? Yeah. Oh, you come with that. 
Yeah, you sweat yourself, didn't you? I know. Yeah. Yeah. I got a chub. I don't even. Like I might have to. I might. And I got Sabaton up next. Let's get some more. Ac- you know, yeah. some more accents. More accents I don't know what I'm gonna do accents. myself. <laughs> yeah, man. So the album, it's just volume, correct? It's not uh, correct. volumes yeah. or anything. Well, oh, volumes volume. came out last year. You know, how's the the touring cycle going and all it's that great, stuff? Mate. It's yes. great, mate. We've had a great response from the album. Yeah. People have been. People dug it. They wanted it. You know, uh, we wrote the album. You know, it took us some time to finish it up. We got it out there, but. What we wanted to do more than anything is write an album that... Imagine if we were a brand new band, never had none of the songs you knew already, and we wanted to go on tour with, with these songs. And we, we achieved that. Very cool, and you feel the same there? Yeah, dude, we were just trying to write like a record that uh, is more like the songs we play in our live set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we did that, tried to capture some of that that vibe, you know? Very cool, and then we'll... Oh. I'm not going to keep it too much longer. Okay. But uh, so, what kind of took you from? I know you used to do the scratching, the spinning, and stuff yeah, yourself. I never used to do that. I can't do any of that shit. I used to MC at clubs. Yeah. As a kid, yeah. But the scratching and the spinning, I left that to the intelligent people. <laughs> Very cool. And then uh, we'll just end it up with, you know, I'll throw a song on right about now. What song we get? What do you guys like for the talk to be listeners just, to just, hear just, at this just, point? Just sound the siren, do you think? Yeah, play sound the siren from Skin Dread. Very cool, man. I was appreciate I appreciate talking to you guys today and hey, taking some time. Thanks, awesome Dave. Stuff nice one, mate. Benji, great. Thank you so much. You are listening to Talk To Me on Lost Anarchy Radio.
You're listening to Talk To Me on Los Anarchy Radio. Yeah, yeah. 
Yo, what's up? This is Edsel from the band Dope, and you are listening to Talk To Me. To me is his name. It's not Talk To Me. It's Talk To Me, because he's to me. But you can talk to me. Josh with the Talk To Me podcast. Uh, you know, so you're here in Louisville, Kentucky. How are mm-hmm. you enjoying your time here? It's been good. The weather's been a bit weird all day, but yeah. other than that... It's, it's a nice place. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Is it the f- first time through this part of the country? or I think so. I think we may have been here once before, but I can't remember. It was a long time ago. Yeah, it's yeah. So, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the uh, Australia. <laughs> we'll put it to you that yep. way. You know, it's, just, it, it's like a very m- mystical place. Yep. So, you know, uh, what part of uh, Australia are you from? I'm from Brisbane, so the tropical north part of Australia. Every time I turn around there's like, you know, there's a, you know, there's the giant spiders and you know, snakes <laughs> that'll look at you the wrong way and kill you. I mean, how have you made it this far in life with not being killed by <laughs> some sort of creature? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you see, you don't see that many. Yeah. You see the occasional spider, but that's about it. Just everything in between, like, you know, just in the middle of the country just seems like if you go out there, you will not come back. I wouldn't venture into like the desert. Yeah. Because that's pretty much all there is <laughs> in the middle, but you don't you don't go out there. It's fine. So with the accent, are you just like when you come to the states, do you just clean up with the ladies? <laughs> as soon as you just start um, talking, they're just we're like, all taken. But I'm guessing, yeah. If probably. you weren't taken, <laughs> there would be just panties flying at you as soon as you open probably, your mouth. Probably it does work. <laughs> <laughs> that, would that work in the reverse if you were if I were to go to? Of course. You know, yeah. Are they like? Are you from the? Are you from? I the think states? anywhere like anywhere. If you go with an accent, yeah. you sound different. It's yeah. I always, I always find that, you know, when people talk about, uh, you know, say some Americans were at a bar and they start talking, and then, you know, next thing you know, they're getting in a fight because, you know, the rest of the world hates us. <laughs> you know, so, like, are you from the States? You're like, you know, like you're supposed to be like, no, 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 I'm from Germany. And they're like, okay, you're fine. Then, you know. <laughs> so how has this tour been going? Uh, everything been good? Everything's been great, yeah. Um, we've had a lot of days off, which kind of sucks. Yeah sounds like I'm complaining about days off but you know um, you know it, it, it must suck being you know that far away from home and you know not being not playing yeah. you know you want to be playing every day you well know, this you tour is twice as long because of days off so other than that the shows have been amazing though the new so. album's good all that stuff everything's, everything's going down really well yeah so I'm stoked yeah and what, and what did you play in the band I'm sorry drums drums yeah Alright, so let's see, let's see, drums, drums. Who are your major influences when it comes to the drums? I mean, Taylor Hawkins is playing, like, right over there. Isn't that awesome? Is he? Chevy Metal, yeah, he's doing the Chevy Metal. I uh, had no idea. Dude, That's he's sick. Yeah, we just, I, I honestly was walking back over because he's doing his cover band, Chevy that's Metal. Uh, you know, they were doing Motley Crue as we were walking away, so that's pretty, pretty Fuck sick. that's sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's one of my influences yeah. from way back. Um, yeah, him... Uh, Vinnie Paul, funnily oh, enough. Yeah, he was here earlier. He was walking by, and you're just like, dude, you're fucking Vinnie Paul. Dude, it's favorite so weird. Favorite Pantera song? Favorite Pantera song? Probably Walk. Okay. Or, I don't know. Anything from Cowboys from Hell. Yeah, everything. Oh, man, yeah. anything from Cowboys from Hell is great. <laughs> One of my favorite drum intros is, uh, was it 13 Steps to Nowhere? Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, it's killing, man. Yeah. So, let's see. Who are you out on tour with right now? Uh, Bing is an ocean... Hundreds and trophy eyes. Very cool. Yeah. And so, do you feel like you know? Are you guys? Um, I mean, I know. What, what is this? The second or third album now? I feel like, I feel like uh, it's. This is our fifth album. Fifth album. Jesus yeah. Christ. But for America, probably just the third. Though. That's okay. Yeah, okay there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. I was like, eh, that is alright. Yeah. But yeah. So third album in the states. You know, are you feel like the band is you know kind of breaking through that point? Or are you? I feel like finally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. Very good. And. Um, 
you know, just with it, with that style of music, I mean, you just feel like, you know, uh, it's on an upsurge, or you feel like, you know, everything's, everything's good for you guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, the style of music we're doing, it kind of almost crosses over to mainstream now. Yeah, it's Which very, is cool as fuck for me. Yeah, when you have, like, I mean, you know, bands like, you know, Bring Me the Horizon, and, yeah. uh, you know, things like that on, ma- on mainstream radio, it's, crazy. It's, it's insanity. Like, we're getting mainstream radio back in Australia, which is crazy, because they're super strict. Yeah, I you mean, know? you've got, you know, plus, you know, it seems like Australia, there's like a couple of bands from Australia on this mm. bill, you know, yeah, and yeah. then, uh, you know, like Parkway Drives, always doing very yeah. good, things like that. Yeah, they you know, kill it. There's also a band called ACDC that, you know, has always <laughs> been doing pretty good from Australia, yeah, yeah. so, you know, it's always nice to nice exports. Yeah. But, uh, what's your take on the Brian Johnson stuff? Brian Johnson? Yeah, ACDC, you know, your hometown heroes. Uh, what, didn't he go deaf or something? Yeah, they're saying he's, he's lost his hearing. Yeah, and, uh, isn't know, Axl Rose doing it now? Yeah, right? That's fucking it's weird insanity. to me. I'd probably still go watch that. Oh, yeah, you almost, <laughs> have to, you almost have to see it for the novelty of it. Yeah. But, uh, very cool. And so what's the future, you know, what's the plans right now? What's going on with the band? Uh, more touring. New album just came out, so we're going to stop touring for the next two years. Yeah? Pretty much, yeah. And how do you, how do you, um... How do you take like the American festival scene? Like, that's a question I always like to ask people that have been festivals around the country. It's different. The world. We've only done the European festival scene. We haven't done the American one. Yeah. Uh, but so far, it seems pretty cool. It seems like the American festival scene has just kind of popped up in the last like five years. You know, it's like you know we had Ozfest and we had yeah yeah you know, yeah uh, mayhem things like, uh, traveling festivals, but these pop up destination yeah. festivals are kind like, of like I didn't realize how big today actually was. Yeah. Like walking around down the back it's huge yeah. yeah it's good yeah we were just uh the wife and i went to riot fest up in chicago oh, yeah, jesus christ man. yeah was, i heard that was huge it was uh, it was funny because you would walk and you're like all right i'm about to be out of the crowd and then you would you're only halfway you know? yeah was, yeah that's how it, i felt today actually you know you know we were you know we're, we're getting older so we were yeah. like hey you know no effects is playing so this yeah. kind of, we and we walked kind of up front and as soon as they started man it was like a tornado of uh, of craziness and we like, cool to we see like had to like back out of there yeah, yeah. You know, so that we wouldn't be crushed but, <laughs> you know we thought we were gonna die so. yeah but well very cool man I, I don't want to keep you too much longer I know you, it seems like you're, you're bouncing around between everybody and uh, all that fun stuff but it was very nice to meet you today you man. you're listening to talk to me on Lost Energy Radio
This is Matt Hazy from Sydney, and you're looking to talk to me. So we got Apollo here from Trivium. Thanks for coming on the show. Talk to me. Thank you for having me. Very cool, man. Uh, just you know, I had Matt on the Matt on the podcast a few months ago. Yeah. You know, so so we've kind of reached all the uh, you know the new album stuff I mean how's it going for you guys for you with the new album out it's been amazing uh, this is a year to the day that we put out Silence in the Snow and by playing the festival last year and this year we've gotten to really see like how much progress we've made and it felt like we played to maybe like five six thousand more people today than last yeah. year and it was a huge crowd out there for yeah you it's it's nuts you know it, it still blows my mind that we're able to bring in this whole new fan base and see the young kids getting into the band and you know it's like when I look in the crowd it just doesn't look like it doesn't look like it's changed it's like the, the age is right. and the age range just yeah. kind of stayed the same and it's a great feeling because I mean with rock and metal youth is so important and it keeps us excited and wanting to play and wanting to put on better shows and make better albums yeah that's one thing you know you guys played at like you know 1 30 in the afternoon yeah. and you know you see that time slot and you're like yeah. oh that's kind of a bummer yeah but then like i walked out there to watch you guys yeah. and like you know the crowd was as big as you know for anybody we've always tried to make it a point to never underestimate early slots yeah. uh we had one of the biggest career breaking moments uh, in 2005, we played Download, the UK. Yeah. Played 11 o'clock in the, in the morning. We had gotten switched to Saturday opening the main stage, which is a big honor, but yeah. we felt no one would show up. <laughs> uh, 40,000 people showed up because of the buzz of the album yeah, and yeah. ascendancy. And we Huge had album. one of the biggest, I mean, it literally changed the course of our career. If we hadn't done that, who knows what would have happened. So... It was a defining moment, and we always treat these moments like that. And, you know, the people showed up. We've made it a point to be a band that people know, hey, if Trivium's on at 11 in the morning, 1 in the afternoon, 10 at night, they're going to bring it. It's going to be worth my time going to the stage early or late. And you have to kind of have that reputation and yeah. when you have it people make sure to come out that's very cool man so when you see like a like a festival lineup come out i mean are you still kind of looking at it like holy shit we're playing with you know the same festival as slayer or we're yeah, playing I mean, the same festival always, as i'm a fan of like i'm a fan of the music man yeah. i mean i've never been jaded i mean i know we know these people now they know us right. by name and you know we're fans of them and i, I always like still you get like 
like this. Not starstruck, you're just like, this is like surreal, you know? <laughs> right. It's like this Kerry King there and, you know, Corey Taylor waving to me. And, right, right. But they're, they're all cool, normal people and they got into music the same way we yeah. did and I think that's what's awesome is backstage at a rock metal show, it's a lot different than probably, you know, we've done festivals where there's pop and there's like other music yeah. and not to disparage them, but I just think the vibe here is like a camaraderie. Yeah, so man, the it's metal like, community is a huge, huge community. It's welcoming too. The the bigger bands like Slipknot, Disturbed, Slayer, you know, when you come in and you prove like, hey, you're a band that's gonna stick around, you know, people respect you and people welcome you in. Yeah. And I mean, I think rock and metal is one of the only genres where like the crew and the bands <laughs> intermingle. We're all friends exactly. and I'm happy to see bands and crew that I know I've known if we work with or been on tour with because it's it's a family and, and that bond also extends to the crowd Trivium to me still seems like a younger band yeah but, I mean you guys are seven albums deep yeah. that's insane yeah we're in a weird spot um a great spot is that we interview Jack and me oh yeah man <laughs> we're in uh you know seven albums started when I was 18 in the band and now I'm 31 and bands that we're technically peers with are older than us because you know we started very young yeah. we had a really early start and so a lot of the technically newer bands than us are around our age range yeah, so it's yeah. a weird uh kind of bizarre it's, it's like it's very yeah bizarre. the bands that are newer than us are our age the bands we came up with are older so yeah, we're in this like we've always been the younger band or now it's like we're in a, in a interesting spot and it's cool because we come on these festivals and people are probably like, well, these guys are probably like 50 years old. <laughs> right. like we come out, we're like, oh, yeah, they're like just turning 30 and yeah. got That's a lot of albums out. So funny, when I had Matt on, I spent the first 15 minutes of our podcast yeah. talking about, I couldn't believe he had just turned 30. Like, you know, to me, Trivium is, you know, an established, you know, yeah. band at this point. You guys should all be in your 40s. And, 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 That's uh, how it works yeah. for a lot of bands. And we, like I said, we lucked out. We put the album out at the right time, the right album, the right band, and it changed our lives. And, you know, to, to still be doing this, still be relevant with people, yeah. and still, you know, have people's ears and attention when we put out records is an honor. So how do you like going from, you know, pretty much each album that Trivium has put out is, yeah. is not, it's not a carbon copy of the album yeah. before, you know? What's that mindset like? Just be natural. Let the change be a natural evolution. Don't try to force things. Yeah. Uh, they don't need to happen and that includes trying not to sound like something you don't want it to sound like you know like it's an easy thing to go well we had success with this thing let's do it again it doesn't work like that you gotta you gotta be doing it for the right reasons and I mean we're a goal-oriented band we always want to every record we have like certain things we set out to do so you have that in the back of your mind you have just the natural riffs and ideas you're coming up with just sitting at home yeah and you know we put it together and see what happens we don't really we don't dwell on oh the record's not sounding like this record we already made so we we don't do that and by not doing that we've come up with records that no one was expecting from us like a Shogun or In Waves and yeah. we, I think if we would have spent you know all, a couple of years trying to remake Ascendancy which was such a success for us we would have never made those records we would have been like sweating over <laughs> trying to replicate something it just never seems right. to work it's pigeonhole yourself into something it's like when you you know like the the flavor of something's not the same the second time you try it you know and that's what it is with music you know you already heard that you're expecting us to give you something new now and it's tricky because like when people know you they know you for something and you got to balance playing 
stuff that people want to hear as well as hey here's something you never expected from us and it's going to be cool and right you know you get every now and then the stars align and we had like a song like in waves which was out of left field and it worked and it's probably one of our biggest songs now right, right. so we had um we just passed the 30th anniversary of cliff burton's death yeah um you know you being a bass player you, you and i i I've noticed here and there, you know, you throw a little distortion on the bass, yeah. have a little blow bass parts. I mean, yeah. was Cliff uh, an, an influence on you? A huge influence. Yeah. I mean, when I got into Metallica, that was my introduction to bass playing, sounding like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously I never had the chance to see him, but his, his legacy through the Metallica music has lived on. And, you know, 30 years on, people still think about him and still... You know, remember him, and that's just how profound he was as a player. And, an as, a, and player. as a, I think it, in large, large part is due to Metallica making sure his legacy continues yeah. by continuing and by being <laughs> the band that they are. And I think it says a lot about those guys too that you know they lost such a huge, important part of their lives. Yeah. And and uh, and player in their band, a writer, but uh, he lived on, you know. And and for me, it's like. It's easy to latch on. He's a, he's an iconic figure, and yeah. uh, I think you know, in another thirty years, people are still going to be talking about him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cliff was just you know, as soon as I you know I grew up a bass player, we're not going to yeah. talk about that. But you know, getting into bass and like you know, learning from the bell tolls and stuff yeah. as a kid, and you know, just that was like the first song I ever learned all the way yeah. through. And just sitting down and, and just really listening to what he does. Yeah, and, it was and crazy. It, and even to this day, you know, you you put on those records and you still hear stuff that he's doing. Yeah, like that the bass stuff in the background of Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, just so cool to me but you know and when i saw you guys i saw you guys um i don't know this uh this um got backstage passes and they had the dumb and dumber yeah and like that was whatever tour that was yeah. it was like you guys and double yeah, driver yeah. or something but like i saw it and like you know every once in a while you were throwing in a little bass licks yeah like, man he has to be you know Definitely. a Burton fan Definitely. and that's that's a very cool thing are you uh encouraged by the first two metallica singles that are out yeah like, i think, those, those, great. I think those, progressively it's gotten better uh, the second one was even better than the right. first. You know, I was like, and, uh, Moth the Flame was so cool. Yeah, you can tell they, they've... Uh, I think they, like, put a lot of time into the editing of, you know, the music down to, like, the essentials, you know. And Death Magnetic was on a great path. I think this record is probably... They did what they did on that record, plus they sat down and were like, yeah, you know, we can cut this, add this in, let's try this. It sounded like, you know, a band. What bands do is you get in a room and you start cutting things up and you start right. making it better and make it make it happen and uh, you know they'll always be that band for me no matter what they make but it's great that this far into their career they can they can still bring it yeah and it's man it's exciting to hear something like that from them because it means you know we could be doing that in 30 years like <laughs> hey we could still be the band making something exciting yeah. that people get stoked about and, yeah and with the way that you guys continually progress and not you know continue to put out the same album over yeah. and over I think that's that's a good thing for a career. You know, I just spoke to Clutch a little while ago, yeah. and you know they've they've you know they've uh, burned their own path throughout all yeah. this music too. But let, you know, I will wrap it up pretty quickly. But um, so I name drop this on the podcast all the time, and it's 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 ridiculous. But I grew up with Chris Kale. Yeah. You know, as, as you know, grew up uh, yeah playing awesome and playing dude. around bands with him and stuff like that. Uh, so he continues to try to get me to do this Chris Kale versus yeah. on my podcast. Yeah. So I've t- I texted him. I was like, you know what? I'm interviewing Paulo. I'm gonna I'm gonna bust it out. Yeah. So we'll do a little Chris Kale versus and just have some fun. Yeah. I, I don't really know the rules of it because yeah. he never really told me. So I don't know if it's like winning a fight. Yeah. Who you'd rather be friends with? Yeah, so yeah. we'll go with just fight. All right. So Chris Kale versus. We'll start out huge. We'll go Gene Simmons. Who, who you got? 
Um, I think Chris Kale there. He's he's uh, a little <laughs> bit more youthful. Just a little, not yeah. much more. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if, but if Gene is able to bring like one of his axe if faces, if Gene can have like his armor on, it yeah. might be tough because it's probably so full makeup. Gene, you might go Gene. That might be tough. I'd say it could be to a draw. You know, I mean, Kale's got the youth, probably the speed. But Gene Simmons got the armor and the axe base, right. so it's, it'll be a fight to the death. Fight to the death. Yeah. No, might be no more Chris Kale. Yeah. You, might, you might open Never up a spot in your five-finger death punch, you know. But uh, we'll go Chris Kale versus uh, Matt Hafey. Um, well, Matt's now that got, Matt's been doing jujitsu right. for a while, uh, I would say maybe Matt, you know, because if Matt gets him on the ground, it's done. Ground and pound. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we were watching. I was watching the show, and you know, Matt's up there flexing yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. He's like slim and trim. Yeah. And, so, yeah, he's getting good at jiu-jitsu. When that comes to, like, you know, like, Matt wants to part a certain way and you want to part a certain way, I mean, you're kind of like, I might have to let Matt have this one because, you know. <laughs> nah, we never get to that. Never get to fighting. <laughs> never take it to the ground? Nah. All right, we'll finish it off with, uh, let's go Chris Kale versus Jason Newstead. Oh, man. See, that's a, that's a tough one, too. I don't know. I, I think Kale's got the height, though, you know? And, yeah, he's and a monster Army of a band. man, yeah. I'd probably go f- with Chris on that one, even though I think J- Jason's got the energy and, you know, the the spirit. So it'd be a tough fight, but I could see Chris maybe having a little edge there. <laughs> yeah, Chris is a monster of a man, yeah. so, you know, you, you got to... Plus, the wrap j- him up in the beard, Yeah, the beard. You know, J- Jason get lost in that beard. Yeah. You never know what's going to go on, man. Well, Paulo, it's been a pleasure Thank talking you, to you today, man. Thanks Thank for taking you. the Appreciate time. Appreciate it. Thank well, you. We're listening to Talk To Me on Lost Energy Radio.
This is Glenn Benton, Deicide, and you're listening to Talk to Me. Par? Yeah. And Hannes. Hannes. Probably my accent's probably destroying both no, of those names. <laughs> Par and Hannes. <laughs> Par and Hannes here from Sabaton on the Talk To Me podcast. Appreciate you guys coming on today. Hey. Well, we appreciate being here. Yeah, very cool. Are you enjoying the uh, States at this moment? Totally. And this is, I would say, one of the most relaxed tour we have done so far. We're on tour with Trivium and yeah. Huntress. And uh, we're all good friends and having a really relaxed time. It's simple, easy going. Great, Very great nice. bands, you know. It's, 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 it makes it so much easier. There's no bullshit. Everybody's there for the music. The bands are there for the music. The fans are there for the same yeah. reason. Yeah. We, we've always had good tours in America, though. But yeah, absolutely. But it, it was just pretty relaxing after we have had an intense summer over in Europe yeah. where we barely sleep and fly between the shows all every day. and play big 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 shows and there's a lot of yeah. pressure to come over here and just have it relaxed and there's not it's so easy we <clears throat> compared to what you guys we, uh, played in america we did uh on the last tour we did three runs in america three runs. on the last last year yeah yeah so we did about 100 shows in the last year oh wow that's a lot of fun uh, the one thing that's um kind of funny and i'll give you a quick story is you know getting ready for the interview and getting into sabaton and, and like listening to it i i my my day job i deliver the mail i'm a, you know, for the for the u.s postal service and uh, i was blasting you know your latest album the other day while delivering mail and like i'm, I'm taking packages up to houses i can still hear from my car you know like i feel like i'm about to start a revolution <laughs> you know and, and i couldn't turn it off you know i was like trying to get a, a few songs to just listen to it and kind of get a, get a feel for the band but I ended up listening to the entire album and actually going back into the back catalog because I just couldn't turn it off so a lot of fun guys a lot and of, there, there's a lot to discover in the back alley of Sabaton yeah. I mean there's seems wherever we go around here in the states a yeah. lot of people think that Sabaton is a new band but we have been going for almost 18 years yeah, and this is our 8th studio album so if somebody discovers Sabaton these days they have a lot to go back and listen to yeah. and so yeah and we mix quite a lot in the set list uh, well on this tour we are a little bit limited especially here yeah. in Louisville we were limited to a shorter set but when we play longer sets we mix from all the albums <laughs> in the past so like when I had uh, when I had Matt Hafey of Trivium on he said it was a uh, it was almost like serendipitous that you guys came on tour with him that every time that he played a show he would see Sabaton shirts in the crowd so he said you know when he uh wanted to come on and you know get a support band on this tour he was like i have to have sabaton you know so you said the tour is going well i mean how are how do you feel like the fans are, are you know mixing with the uh with sabaton and trivium fans together all in all it seems like people are there to have a good night so it's uh the fans are mixing together very well and uh were you guys big fans of trivium before yeah, yeah. beforehand yeah yeah i I'd... remember buying ascendancy yeah and you know shogun i bought too so i have most of the records now i've been it's been busy with our own music, so I need to catch up on the later stuff. <laughs> but it's cool, you know. They we dig their band, they they dig ours. It's, yeah. Makes it all much easier. Very cool. And cool people. <laughs> yeah, they, they seem like super super nice guys, and bringing you guys out. So, how much of the, your like stage production are you able to bring out with uh, with Trivium on this one? We own absolutely nothing actually. Really? We, we have Two only boxes. we have our instruments. That's no about tanks, it. No tanks. No no rockets. No fire. No, sadly not. All that's right. that's like one thing a lot of people want us to do here in America and yeah. that's what we want to do and hopefully and 
for sure pretty much we will be able to do it one day to bring over the production from yeah. Europe where we bring tanks and fires and pyros and explosions yeah. and all of that and, you know and I, hopefully this is a good thing but I mean one thing I kind of took from the band was it was almost like had like almost like a Rammstein feel to it like where you could you could do a huge you know a huge production like that they do and, and, and things like that so I, I, don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on that uh, we, we do that yeah. <laughs> and uh, we I mean over in Europe it's yeah. Sometimes we are side to side co-headlining with Rammstein, yeah. for example, and our show has to match theirs. So that's how it looks like. Yeah. So are you guys? Uh, this is with all of the uh, foreign bands that I've interviewed. Uh, this is a fun question, but I mean, are you guys? You know, when you come over here and you start talking, and the, the ladies here and they perk up and they hear the accents, are they like? What's up, guys? You know, are you are you getting any of that? You know, with the ladies over Hundreds, here? millions. <laughs> no. Yeah, but there's well, always we have actually special bus only for women right. that we bring with us. Yeah, we well, didn't bring any stage production. Yeah, no, no stage production, no, but the that's extra the lady bus. Yeah. Yeah. The lady, lady bus. bus. <laughs> actually, no, maybe not like it, but we get a lot of shit for our accent though. Yeah. Like we would say with our Swedish accent, we would we would say enjoy instead of enjoy. Oh cheap or cheap okay a lot of that shit yeah, yeah, yeah a little which is good for us to come here to, to learn how to speak correctly but on the other hand we also expect all the Americans coming over to Sweden to take Swedish class right, right. so then you, we have the you, Swedish you. class bus that we also bring there it's <laughs> free lessons so wow you guys maybe that's where all the money's so, going all the Sabaton money's going all these like crazy buses you know yeah. education it's a women bus it's education bus it's a tank bus museum <laughs> bus, tank bus museum bus puppy bus <laughs> Coffee bus. I mean, in Europe, we have like 45 buses right. on tour. Yeah. You guys are massive over there. You know, like the, the states are just now getting getting what's going on. But I mean, you guys have been obviously been a band for 18 years, and you know, in Europe they know. But now yeah. America needs to learn what Sabaton is, and that's coffee buses, Women lady buses. buses. Yeah. School buses, yeah, literal, regular literal, school buses. Yeah, we, we could do regular to. school buses. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but you know, we the band had a head start in Europe, of yeah. course, since we are European after all, and we focused but, a lot on Europe. Yeah, but basically, you know, US, we're coming for you. Oh so. yeah, and you're here now, and you're taking all of our women. Yeah. Teaching them, teaching them, you know, Swedish, Swedish, <laughs> which is basically <laughs> and dr to drink what coffee. <laughs> what our ancestors did anyway. Right. Yeah. The Vikings. Absolutely. So. So we're just trying to continue doing what the Vikings did. Yeah. Well, Except you, we are bringing Vikings <laughs> and we let Amonomarth use the ship. Right? Yeah, you guys could have Amonomarth with their ship, you guys with your tank. Just come over, all of you together, and just rape and pillage the village. You know? <laughs> They're blasting, you know, sabotaging music. Like I said, you know, you blast that stuff out of your car, you get out of the car with with a mission like you're about to take over something i was ready to like you know free scotland at one point i was like part of sparta at one point you know i was like i was like let's do this you know that's good and good. It, it pumps you up good with inspiration there's a lot of people who, who go we hear it from everywhere in the world that people love to go to the gym listening to that's our music yeah, because just about to say, like, it has a very very steady groove it pumps uh, so it works very good with the gym. Yeah, by the end of the you know by the end of the record, you got like you know six pack, all kinds of muscles everywhere. You know, you just never know, man. Yeah, hey, check it out, dude. <laughs> yeah, obviously I haven't been listening you, to your you, record you at the gym. You just got into it, so right? Yeah, yeah no. The next patience. the next time I interview you guys, we'll be like, "What's up, bro?" You know, so you're, you're gonna be like super fit. Too much. Uh, uh, but it's great, man. I actually really appreciate you doing your research before doing the interview. Yeah. And I really do sincerely mean it. It's cool when people 
take a moment to listen to their stuff and get into it. And well, there have been a couple that I didn't do it, and I get to the interview, and I just we both stared at each other like, well, what are we going to talk about? So I, I learned early on that I need to do at least a little bit of research. That's cool because you know I like to talk to people. I like to talk to people that I know, but I also like to talk to people I don't know. And it's nice to just sit back and chat. But once you get to a certain point in an interview, and you don't really have anything else to say, and you've got four minutes of interview done and you're like all right well i guess i need to move on now it's uh, nice to talk to you <laughs> what was the bad <laughs> uh, but it's great and listening to new music in general is something i try to push myself to do especially yeah. when i'm home whatever it might be now i'll go check out trivium's latest album yeah just buy the fucking album sit down and listen to it whether i like it or not just give it a shot i'll probably dig it yeah that's the one i mean that's the, the good and the bad of, of of a service like spotify you know you can at, at, at a moment's notice, you can listen to anything that you want. I mean, I know on the artist side, it's not the best for you guys, but on the on the fan side, you know, you get to. I mean, there's not been a day go by that I haven't been like, man, I haven't heard Sepultura's Roots in ten years. Boom, I'm listening to it, you know, or something like that. The easy access, I think, is a positive thing. And Paris had a great thing the other day, just about Spotify, because we have a great cooperation with your Spotify yeah. over in Sweden and Europe. And it, at least compared to what have, what, what would have been the, the other option, at least now it's con- a little bit controlled. Yeah, you know what I mean. You have a little bit of revenue stream, even if it's you know not point just, oh five cents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's not just about money anyway. It's, yeah, it is the ease of access, which is the, the world we're living in now. And either you adapt or you don't. Right, exactly. I suppose you know. You have to you have to find the. Uh, the the you're proper right, avenue yeah. in there for you guys, yeah. Because I mean, you know, if you're if you're just solely looking for CD sales, I mean, you're probably out of luck at this point. You know, you got to figure out your, uh, you know, what else to do. And the one nice thing about the internet, phones, smartphones, you know, is whatever you guys want to do on the side, you can truly do it. If you wanted to do a t-shirt company, if you wanted to do management, anything like that, you're getting emails, you're getting texts, you can run a store from your phone. So I mean, like the the possibilities are you know, limitless out there for you guys. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, and obviously, you know, with your tanks, your the buses, chick buses, yeah. school buses, uh, <laughs> all of those buses. buses are run by Wi-Fi, right? Which we have a separate like bus for the Wi-Fi bus. Oh man! So, in that sense, it's cool. But yeah, you know, you can go as much as you want. It was better in the '80s, blah blah blah. Yeah, well, great, probably, but it's not the '80s anymore. Yeah, fuck it. Adapt. Find your own way and do things. Yeah. Try to find new ways, then you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, obviously, growing up is uh, growing up in the in the eighties and nineties. You know, if you if, hey, you want to check out Sabaton, I'm gonna have to get in my car or get on my bike, get my skateboard, ride down to the music store. Hope they hope they have a copy of it. You know, or they you know have them order it for me or something. You know, but now, oh, I want to talk to Sabaton. Boom, it's right there. So you, yeah. you got to take the good and the bad. On the it. other hand, when you were doing that and they didn't have the new Sabaton, you might end ended up buying something else, which yeah. just had a cool cover. Right. And a lot of people appreciated music when they paid for it in a different way. Yes. So you would take that album, whatever it was, having a good cover and probably go home and give it a cu- good couple of listenings. Oh, yeah. If you didn't like and, it right away. You and, and there was like, there was so much music. I discovered way more music back then than I do now when it's success well because I think you you spend more time with it when you you buy it it's expensive yeah it was costly really expensive and that's at least I did that a lot and that that was what I meant earlier what I'm trying to push myself yeah on tour it's a bit 
I listen to less music, but when I'm home, this, I'm talking the last year, right? Yeah. Like, come on, dude, I sit down <laughs> in a comfy chair, I switch everything off, just listen to it. Uh, and it's on so CD or Spotify, whatever, but I listen to the whole album. Yeah. If it's not really shitty. <laughs> right. Then I won't. But I, I really sincerely try to give it a shot. Yeah. Absolutely. Plus, I mean, you, you can find stuff, you know, a day like today, you can wander around and stumble upon a band maybe Absolutely. that you weren't into or not. But, Looks like our time is up, guys, and I will just say thank you guys for taking the time today, and this has been a lot of fun. I was actually kind of nervous talking to you guys because I didn't know a whole lot about you, but, you know, it's turned out to be one of the, <laughs> one of the better ones of the weekend, so thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. You are listening to Talk To Me on Lost Anarchy Radio.
I got Mark Tremonti of Alter Bridge here. What does it feel like to play in a band with the uh, with the singer from Rockstar? Oh man, it's a it's an honor and a privilege. <laughs> an honor every time privilege. I t- every time I talk about Mark Tremonti on the show.
All right, everybody, that was my weekend at Louder Than Life. I saw so many cool people back there. I saw Zach Wilde. I saw Vinnie Paul. I talked to all these great people. I can't wait to do it again. I can't wait to meet everybody again. I can't wait to see all the great people I met. So until next week, I am Joshua Toomey, and this has been the Talk To Me podcast. Have a great week, everybody. (laughs) 